many step you can do. I hate him. He's a guy and he's alive. What's there to hate? He's just... Oh, uh, you know? I mean... Uh. Is he gonna call you tomorrow? I think so. You are grounded. We're in this thing together, huh? We sure are. The moves, the music, the movies. Let's do it. Girls just want to have fun. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. That's right, we are going to be talking about Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my handsome co-host who recently shaved off his beard, Tyler Wilson. Hi there. Have you noticed how uh, the natural inclination to say the title of this movie is Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Yes. When it is, in fact, want to. Want to. Yeah. Wanna anyway. is way better, though. I agree. But even, I think, we'd have to double-check the Cindy Lauper song if it is wanna or want to, the actual title of the song. Do you know I that the Cindy that Lauper this point. song was not the original Girls Just Wanna Have Fun I did not song. know that. It was written by a man a couple years earlier, and she was like, what this sounds like, it should be a woman's song. And mm-hmm. so she worked with the artist, and she rewrote some of the lyrics, and obviously became the amazing song that it is today. It's a great song, the Cindy Lauper version. This movie does not include the Cindy Lauper version, it which sure is shocking. Yes. <laughs> so we will dig in yes. on this movie after Tyler talks about a bunch of random shit he watched this because week. Because you didn't watch anything. Because I've been doing this thing where, like, I've been, like, working out. Oh, my God. Are you going to... Hey, shut so, up. like, I, like, get up early in the Who morning cares? to work out. Oh, my God. Oh, I which out. means... I don't have time to watch things and sit on the couch because I'm a gym person no, now. It's no, uh. it's less that and more, like, by the time we get our youngest to his crib, it's, like, 9 o'clock. By the o'clock. time I get our youngest to his crib. Yeah. And so then that I'm you like, can go to bed and go to the gym. It's good. Yes. You could be a gym person. Oh, humble brag. I'm working out. I'm still fat and out of shape, so that's fine. All right. But the point is, I've been going to bed a little bit earlier than usual on non-podcast movie and non-podcast recording nights, and you've been staying up watching random shit. Before we talk about what you've been watching recently, though, I would like to officially put you on notice that if I come back up the stairs after tucking the girls in and that goddamn Pluto TV is fucking on with a supermarket sweep or mm. whatever, it's usually that around the time we're putting kids to bed. Yeah, it is. I'm going to fucking throat punch you. Well... A little bit of what I've been watching involves Pluto TV. No. It does a little bit, but then it transitions because of your comments, because this is not the first time you put me on notice about Pluto TV. No, but, like, it's official. I'm officially done with that dog shit. Because here's the thing. I don't want to sit there and watch a piece of shit program. <laughs> it's that, not a piece of shit program. Okay, that loads poorly. It works, loads and then fine. it has, like, the same commercial set. Geared towards Tyler Wilson, it's like Pampers commercials. Oh, that's not, it's not geared toward me. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of real weird stuff on there. That just happened to have but an ad by. It's the same commercial set over and over every commercial break. Yeah, it's charming. They don't have enough advertising it's to fill. charming the word Yeah, for they it? don't have the full advertising deck to like fill in with full commercials. So. I triple dog dare you. But here's you. the thing. I triple dog dare you to try to get a hold of a producer at Pluto TV and see if they will sponsor our podcast. They're not going to spawn. Okay, but listen. No, what I li- sponsor will do movies on their channel 
Oh, we should do that. That's good. If they'll sponsor, if they'll, uh, you know, float us a little You'd cash. You'd think that if we keep mentioning Pluto TV or if we write it in a thing, well, maybe someone will reach out to us. No. what? Here's the problem. So all they do is take uh, content uh, that's already pre-existing, like TV shows, like Supermarket Sweep. Well, that was on a channel where there was commercials, right? So there was a 22-minute show, but they have a half-hour block of it. And they don't have the they don't have all the advertising to fill it with... Uh, you know what? Different commercials, so they have to use the same three you know commercials. Would have been fantastic what? is if they would have just kept the commercials from the original air date. I agree, and that's what I like about Supermarket Sweep because at the end, and all the and the other buzzer game shows, that at the end they'll actually, you know, the in um, in game or at the end where they do the credits when the announcers on, they talk about stuff. I like that because those are all products that are uh, old and gone, especially in Supermarket Sweep because that show is not that old. But they are also hunting in the store for things. You're just like, I've never heard of that product. That product clearly had like mercury in it. We don't have that anymore. Yeah, lots of aluminum killing you. <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, sure. got to get rid of that one. A little lead. Under the table. It was all Johnson & Johnson, and then he just uh, swept it under the table. By the way, I'm not saying that Johnson & Johnson does that. I don't want to get sued. Oh, I was Johnson just saying, & Johnson has no. had some lawsuits. That's okay, a fact. That's fine. That's They've fine. had some lawsuits. But they're powerful, and I'm not accusing them of anything, okay? Just no. to be clear. Oh, by the way. Okay. That, uh, that lawsuit claim we got upstairs... Yeah. The, um, what's it called when it's a bunch of people? Class action. Class action. Lawsuit. We've got four of those. One for me, one for you, and one for two of our kids. Cool. 50 bucks each. I'll take it. $200 coming our way because all our data was breached. I'm going to use that data breach and buy some Funko Pops well, and $3 DVDs on eBay. Here's the thing. You can get two years of identity uh, monitoring services. Well, okay. And now But because... that was like three... That was four years ago. It was 2015 they had that breach, which is why it's only two of our kids. Sorry. In the last four years, our shit's already been fucking out there. <sighs> what I'm frustrated about is that you brought it up on this public podcast, and now the people out there are knowing they we have to get the protection now because now well, they're going to attack like, us. Ooh, ooh, Tyler and Angela's information. And to be clear, as web. you can tell by the lack of advertising on this podcast, there's no money to steal from us. So just don't some bother. Debt. If you'd like to pick up, take that some debt. debt. We've got write a lot some of that. Checks. No, please. More power to yeah, you. Yeah, if you want to pay off some of that debt. Um, Please do. Well, this is a bad sign. I tried to go to corporate.pluto.tv, which is a website, uh-huh. and it won't load. Well, that's probably because that's a spam. That's their, That's probably Neptune. The, well, uh, was their ops, jobs? Opposite. It was slash jobs. Maybe we can go work there. Get yeah, a job that'd be there. good. I'll go work at a, a Pluto TV. I am curious what jobs they have available. Apparently none. Did you hear? Hey, did load. you hear about Pluto? It's messed up, right? It's messed up, right? That's a little quote from Psych. If you haven't seen you don't Psych, need to say that. you suck. You don't need to say that. People Why? know. People know. People the know. people that don't know can go onto Amazon Prime and watch it and then be cool like us. Okay. Um, so I have um, a computer program at work that is blah, 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 and then it ends in OC because I think it's like Operation Control or don't something. Don't call it that. So I, every time I say I say, stop calling it that. <laughs> and uh, my coworker has never seen Arrested Development. Oh. And it's stupid, and he's dumb. He oh. needs to see a rise of development. Anyway, yeah, little sayings we have that you have to keep up with. The us. good run of Arrested Development, right? Yeah, obviously. Not, not the Netflix one. Okay, uh, you want to talk about movies? <laughs> well, the first part is the charming part where people get to know us. They like feel like they're hanging out. Or they with can us. turn it off real fast. Yeah, they don't so like it. I'm gonna go ahead and tune out while you talk about the five no, random things. I you've want seen. you to tune in because then it's Do more you? engaging. Oh. Tune for in. who? For both of us. It's more but interesting like, if you're asked questions or you're like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I okay. find what you're saying fascinating. That's okay. what I say when you're talking. Okay. I mean, I'll listen to you, but I'm like, ooh, that's fascinating. Ooh, interesting point. That's what I say when you talk. 
So um, the first thing you're going to talk about, I'll introduce for you. Ooh, interesting. See what I did? Yeah. Um, so it was one of those nights where uh, you were out in the living room by yourself. And I was trying to go to fucking sleep. And then all I hear is giggle, 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 <laughs> yeah. giggle, giggle. You were giggling so goddamn loud. I think I actually had fallen asleep. And then you woke me up with your giggles. That... And I was like, I bet he's watching that Between Two Ferns, the movie. Yes, I was. And that you making a comment about that reminds me of uh, what my mom would always say in like high school. Because I turn on the Letterman, late, late night, you know, Letterman show. Yeah. And I would just laugh. Because I, I don't like... It's funny. I don't like when I go to movies that are funny and stuff like that, even or when I watch a movie at home, I don't necessarily laugh out loud when you're not with people. You know, yeah. that's a phenomenon, right? Yeah. But like something happens after like 1130 <laughs> where I just will. If I, something is funny, I will laugh out loud. And Fun that's, fact about you. Yeah, apparently. I've, I just learned this about myself. It's strange. Also, I think your mom. Except for not Leno. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's not funny. Just for Letterman. Um, your mom's clearly sensitive because she also used to give me a lot of shit when you and I... 18, 19, 20 would hang out at her house and watch movies late at night. And she'd always be like, oh, I could hear Angela laughing to the point where... You have a loud laugh, though. So, I do have a loud laugh to the point where I put it in our wedding vows that I would always laugh mm-hmm. at movies and keep your mom awake at night. Yeah, you you have a loud laugh. <laughs> That's not your laugh. That's when you actually laugh, it's loud. <laughs> You're such a dick. I like it. Um, Yeah. It is, especially noticeable when nobody else is laughing, and mine is the only well, one. Well, we've been to movies where we are the only ones laughing, and there's other people in the theater, and then you laugh, and it's like, mm-hmm. It's like awkward. I'm like an asshole, is basically well, the one happening. I remember, and there's, there's another one, there's a few other ones, but um, I remember you laughed uncontrollably during the Simpsons movie, for some reason, and oh. I was like, all right, calm down. And then- oh, um, That was a long time. I don't even yeah. remember that. And then the next one, I remember you laughing really loud, and, and I was laughing too, it was This is the End. Yes. But, like, there were moments of that movie that it's a filthy movie, but it's very funny. Oh, yeah. Um, where we, you, we were the only ones laughing, and you were very loud. And I was like, well, <laughs> there's that jizz joke that Angie's laughing at. <laughs> yes. It's a good, smart movie, but there's jizz jokes yes. in it. Also, recently, Venom. Well, <laughs> Venom, yeah. Venom was a fu- very funny movie. I really enjoyed it. But there Venom. were people in the theater that were taking Venom seriously, and we were yeah. not taking it as seriously. I think, um... We might have had a little bit of a... We had a little dinner and a drink before we saw that a one. A little anyway. alcohol. Yeah. You know when people like talk about like they go to the movies and they hate it because of obnoxious people? Yeah. I think that's me sometimes. It's usually you. I'm really well behaved, but not you. But I don't talk during the movie. No, you don't talk. I mostly whack you with my sh- in Which the is better than whacking me off. Am I right? Yep. And Or as they say, jacking off. <laughs> that was really inappropriate. <laughs> Whacking, jacking. Anyway. Uh, but what I said is just as inappropriate. Well, that's killing you. I mean... No, I meant whacking you off like, you know... Oh, jacking you off. Yeah, I meant the same thing. I oh. whack off, jack off. That's oh, the same. Oh, no. I feel like whacking off is when you, like, no, murder somebody. No, when you whack somebody... Yeah. I'm going to whack you. That's, like, killing. But when you're yeah. whacking off, that's just... Ah! I don't think people say whacking <laughs> Yeah, I say, I'm like, oh, I'm going into my room. I'm going to whack it. Ah! Um, friends, that's Tyler's <laughs> norm voice. He does that... Randomly, so I do well. Yeah, he does like a ah, ah. Normally, yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, between two ferns, yes, that's so a movie. you're familiar, and most people are with oh, Zach yeah. Galifianakis web series where he interviews celebrities, and he's uh, either an idiot and or uh, just really rude to his guests. And so they made, he made a movie with this, and you know, it's one of those things where it is like very much like an SNL, like Night of the Roxbury, and. Uh, Wayne's World to a certain extent. It, you know, it's, it's the skit extended. It's the skit extended, right? 
And so, like, what I do, I is the stuff in between the actual between two fern stuff like good. Um, I wouldn't say that, but it's not obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of what you want out of between two ferns, which is these. Because you know, the premise is like he accidentally um, nearly drowns Matthew McConaughey in studio, oh, mm-hmm. so then he has to go on the road and get ten interviews fast. So we're we're moving. See what you're doing? Yeah, you're doing the thing where I do. You say fascinating, like fascinating. you're listening. So then he's got to get you know interviews on the fly. So, like I don't care about that though. Well, no, but then you, they just go to interviews, and then you get like a segment where David Letterman is being interviewed by Zach oh. Galifianakis and uh, John Legend. Ooh. Who was the funniest? Because there were probably like there were you had some loud giggles. Well, Letterman's good because I love Letterman, right? Um, the I, I think a lot of people must say Paul Rudd because I think they put the Paul Rudd one out in full as a promotion, like they put like an extended version online of okay. the Paul Rudd one, and it's funny. And we love um, Paul Rudd here. The McConaughey one that starts it's pretty good. Um, they're all, I mean, they're all pretty funny. Um, what I so I think it's 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 funny if you like that series and you like Galifianakis and I, I he's, it's, he's it's funny. only for some people. It, well, but it's an hour and a half, and even the stuff in between is it never goes for more than a couple minutes before you're getting into like what you like about it anyway, and or it's similar type humor, right? Okay. Um, the best part of it is like the end credits, which is just wall to wall like outtakes from the between two ferns stuff, and it's pretty good because you see Galifianakis break the character Ooh, mm-hmm. which is pretty like I, I love seeing that I don't know how I would I, how I because I f- kind of figured that might be the case when I first started I was like oh I don't know if I like seeing him like break character and be in on the joke because mm-hmm. his the whole thing is like predicated on like he's oblivious right but we all know he's not but, yeah he's a smart guy but it turns out to be really funny because um very clearly, like, they've come up with things for him to say mm-hmm. that either, like, he doesn't know how it's going to go or he hasn't seen it or he hasn't gone over it. Mm-hmm. So he's even, like, also just, a, like, he's like, oh, my God, that is me. That's mean. <laughs> like, you oh. know, and they laugh. And it's so it's pretty good. Like, do does he ask Matthew McConaughey why he likes to roll his boogers in the There in the is some talk about the Chrysler cars, yes. <laughs> is <there laughs> yeah. Lincolns? Or Lincolns, right. Yeah, I don't know what did I say? He's, the booger rolling thing is from Jim Carrey's skit of SNL. There's no booger. Well, he does the thing. But that Jim Carrey skit is pretty good. Where it's he, very good. He rolls the boogers. Yeah, yeah. You can't unsee that one. No, but he nearly that. kills Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> it's pretty oh. funny. I would recommend it. It's right on Netflix. What are you going to do? Not not watch it? It's funny. Hey, at least it's not on Pluto TV. Okay, so because you were cr- criticizing my Pluto TV usage, I went back to my uh, usage of the Turner Classic Movies app, which is no commercials. Oh yeah, you haven't talked about that in several episodes. Well, because I, you know, I went through a little period where the stuff on my watch list was like, I want to watch that, but it wasn't like urgent you know how it's like there's they expire so like there's this like urgency to like oh i gotta go get that going so then i fired it up and there was like a few that were like oh it's expiring in two days and i want to watch that so then we got you're ridiculous we got i had to get it going right so you're so easy to manipulate i watched well one movie that i had never seen before that i always wanted to see called being there which Mm -hmm. is peter sellers pretty much his last kind of major role he died the next year but it's like he's from you know the pink panther series and um Doctor Strange Love is this big, you know, the big yep. uh, comedic roles, right? It came out right? in 1979. Yep. And it, PG. it's this, you know, it's this more serious role, uh, I, I guess. He plays a guy who's like, well, they call him simple-minded, which is in 79. I don't know if we're 
trying to say it another way, but well, he's simple-minded. Is his character like on the spectrum? Is that what we'd say uh, today? Probably. It, it, it reminds... I couldn't keep... I, the way they kept describing it in like the notes of the Turner Classic movie, the way that people talked about a movie, all I kept thinking about was Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder playing Simple Jack. <laughs> you know how he played a character... Like yeah. It was like the offensive thing, right? Yeah. So that's what I kept thinking of. But this is a really well-regarded movie and a well-regarded performance by Peter Sellers. So watching it, he, he plays this guy who's, you know... A pretty, you know, he's a gardener. He doesn't know much, and then he gets into this world where people start thinking he's like uh, an intellectual. Does he become a trusted advisor to a powerful businessman? He does, and, and an insider in Washington politics. Well, because he he gets a meeting. His that that guy he goes and stays with is friends with the president at the time, who's Jack Warden. And he says something about the economy related to gardening, and they all take it like as some metaphorical answer to their their problems. Did you know it's based on a book? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so Peter Sellers really wanted to make this movie for a long time, but he was not doing... His career wasn't going well. He made another Pink Panther movie. He made it, right? So, I mean, it's a classic, apparently. I thought it was good, but it was all very... Like, the humor of it, of him saying, like, oh, he's saying something so profound, but he's not... was pretty one note. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I didn't... I didn't love it. Shirley MacLaine's in it. I like Shirley MacLaine, uh, but that's a bit of a, uh, like, she's just, it's a weird movie. You know what that would be a good role into? Hmm. Steel Magnolias. It would be, but we're not talking about that movie, uh, Fried Green Tomatoes. Is she? Stop. I don't know. You get those two movies confused. uh, Who does? You do. Oh, you do. Um, Gotcha. So, I don't know. Now, what I I thought was uh, fun was that Peter Sellers, and this is right in this Turner Classic Movie Notes, which is great. They talked about how, because he was nominated for an Oscar, and he, you know, it was his big swing, right? It was going to be like, maybe he'd win the Oscar for this uh, performance. But he was, uh, so at the end of the movie, they have this very, um, it, it ends, I think you saw this when you walked yeah, in. So he's like, walking on, happening? he's walking on water. He's seemingly walking on yes. water, right? And that's a very like, oh, what is this movie? You know, it's like, it's a, you know, an ending that doesn't suggest like, ha 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 ha, right? Um, it's alluring. It's mysterious, right? But then it goes into like this long outtake of him breaking character and trying to go over the line and get in the line right. And it's like these outtake type things, right? And Peter Sellers was apparently very mad about this being included because he thought it killed his chances to win uh, a Best Actor Oscar. Um, I don't know. I would say that it, I mean, maybe, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't think the performance was like this legendary performance. I like Peter Sellers and other things better. I, that's just me. It's not a bad movie, but it's a movie that I just felt like. And then, I think the thing that people write about, like if you go on the IMDb ratings of this movie, people are like 10, 10, 10. This could movie could be about the times now because about a dumb guy who goes to Washington and is considered a genius or blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I mean, okay, but it's the same joke for the whole thing. So I, again, it's not like a bad movie. It just, I didn't love it. Like I thought I would knowing what I knew going into it. So the, that's a little uh, bit of a hot director take. sounds interesting. A little bit of a hot take for me, I guess that it wasn't, not, that I didn't it love it. Right. But you didn't grow up with it. It's hard to connect to these right. classics. But I like Peter Sellers. I've always, I grew up like loving Dr. Strangelove. So I, you know, when I've saw all those pink Panther movies, so, you know, what do you want from me? I don't know. I was just like expecting something a little bit but more. Just because he's a good actor doesn't mean it's going to be. A well, good movie. I guess what I was expecting was more of a. It is still a kind of a comedy, and so it's lighthearted, and he's it's playing for laughs. It's just that it's not. I I didn't find it to be like this overly dramatic uh, knockout performance. He's got a really good. There's a really good sequence toward the end with this businessman. That's really good, and I will say that it's well acted. But um, anyway, so the other one I watched, which I thought was. 
I've seen it before. It's called In, In the Heat of the Night, which is uh, Sidney Poitier, Rod Steiger. Uh, Poitier plays uh, Mr. Tibbs, or, uh, you know, the uh, you know that from every Oscar montage of the last 30 years. They always yeah. play the They Call Me Mr. Tibbs line, right? He plays a cop uh, up north, comes down to South Help with a murder investigation. Rod Steiger's this racist sheriff. And it's 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 a good movie. I it won Best Picture in '67. I really liked it when I first saw it. This has been a few years since I saw it again. But what I again, these TCM notes are great because uh, Rod Steiger won Best Actor for the movie, and Sidney Poitier not even nominated, which I think is just fascinating because yeah, every I mean every Oscar montage. If you watch the Oscars every year, they do a movie montage of like famous things and famous scenes, right? And it's every single time they call me Mr. Tibbs, right? They use that so much. And yet, this same body, these same people, these same Oscar voters, or, I mean, granted, they're older, a lot of them are dead, but they didn't even nominate him, which I think is mind-blowing. And I think, I would argue that, uh, I think what maybe some people think that Rod Steiger's performance, he's good, I still think uh, Poitier is better in the movie. So if I were, if it was me, I would vote, I would nominate Maybe I'd nominate both, but I would definitely nominate uh, one over the other. Yeah, what was but see, but you do a little bit more uh, digging on there because Poitier had already he'd won for Lilies of the Field. He'd been nominated for which I've never seen uh, the Defiant ones. He was nominated for which I have seen. Good um, about to stir with love because that's a favorite I have seen a lot. Okay, so that's the thing I was going to say. The big and this is probably the reason why he didn't get nominated because the movie won Best Picture and Rod Steiger won Best Actor. It's 1967. He also had To Serve with Love and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. These are like the three movies that people talk yeah. about with uh, Poitier, other than like his Oscar nominated ones. So it's a it's a split a vote split thing, yeah. right? Like totally. likely, right? He probably, probably just because he was so good in three movies, he didn't get it there. So maybe that's what happened. But I still think it's weird that he got an honorary Oscar later, probably because they had to keep showing that clip. But he so he's got two. But it it's so weird that they use that so much, and yet it's not even a nominated performance. Which is I, that's just speaks to how messed up and why you should never take the Oscars all that seriously because. No, but- Nobody does. Even they don't. But even they don't. The things that they celebrate aren't even the things that they Are love. Celebrated. Which means me, leads me into my uh, last pick, which is a Pluto TV watch. What? For about half of it. I watched half of it. 1999's Oscar Darling, Oscar winner, American Beauty. Okay, we were going to save that for our podcast. And you're like, I'm going to watch it on Pluto TV. No, it, well, it's one of those things where it gets going and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a movie, right? So what's... What's weird about American Beauty is that when I was, uh, when it came out, and and everybody, it wasn't just me, it was everybody, right? It was, everybody. It was like this 99. movie, this movie's amazing. 99, best movie year in forever, right? And this was the this was the thing that was the that marked it, right? And it's it was considered still on people's like favorite movies from the 90s. And it's and it was the I mean it wasn't even when it won best picture. It was the critical crowd was like yeah oh they got finally got like a p- contemporary pick they picked the right thing right. So that was like the 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 vibe on it. That was the message, right? Well, it's really eroded over the last few years. Um, and before the Kevin Spacey shit came out, and now, I mean, because of that, it's even well, it's even worse. Mostly because like the accusations against Kevin Spacey align a little bit with how his be- character behaves in American Beauty, mm-hmm. right? He's a lecherous middle aged man going after a sixteen year old, seventeen year old girl, right? He, he, these are there are accusations of him doing that uh, to other people. So 
that makes it icky, right? We, I mean, it, the two, it complicates your feelings, right? And this is maybe the first thing I've watched with Kevin Spacey since all this stuff kind of oh, came to light. you just went for it. You're like, hmm, which well, it Kevin was on. Spacey movie should I watch? Let's go with this one. Well, it was on, and it was it was legitimately a movie that I loved when I was younger. When Because it, it was like, oh, there's so much in this movie. It's, oh, it's deep. It's really giving you some ideas, right? Well, so that thought process has eroded over the years. And I have not watched the movie in at least... 10, 15 years, maybe more, right? And as this conversation kind of started going in, if you're on the Twitter or if you're reading film articles and things like that, you notice this, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, this is really a change of opinion. I was always just like, all right, I mean, I remember thinking it was great, right? And so I hadn't didn't really dig into those those criticisms then when you'd see them coming up. It's like, oh, it's overrated. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I haven't watched it, whatever. So then I watched about half of it, right? And the first half or the last half? Or the middle? About the middle. I missed okay. the first maybe 15 minutes of it, and then I was the, the middle. And then, yeah, number one, the Kevin Spacey stuff is icky. Like, it's just icky. And I think it's icky without the no- the knowledge we know about Kevin Spacey now. I think that, I mean, it was always meant to be not good and icky, but the movie has this strange attitude toward his character of him being heroic. Mm-hmm. heroic almost like what he does when he speaks out against his job and he's outspoken against his wife who's too wound up and blah 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 which is like again i not annette benning's fault i think she's good in the movie still uh, but it, the character itself is a little bit like an- annoying like it, it's not written as well as you'd want it to be and i think all the performances are still really good i i would say even spacey is uncomfortably good playing this guy but it doesn't it's a weird feeling now to like no i mean i don't know what it was like 20 years ago i can't speak that i was younger uh so i was in high school so it's like maybe that had something to do with it like well yeah mina suvari she's a high school girl i'm a high school guy i'm okay with her being hot right like that that doesn't affect me so much as like being 35 and being like I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to be, like, on this guy's side, but he's he's being a fucking idiot, and he's gross, and he's a predator. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, okay, yes, it's spoilers. He chooses not to be a predator, but still. Like, it's not a great message. Um, All the stuff with uh, Wes Bentley and the bag and the oh, videotaping. The I mean, it just doesn't play. I mean, And I... Listen, I, I'm not, like, one of these guys that, like, is reactionary. I see other people sour on a movie. I don't really care. I like what I like. But, and so then I did some, after watching about, I don't know, an hour of it, I found a couple of these articles that had come out. Even, there's been a few now because it's 20 years, right, since it came out. And, yeah, I would agree with a lot of this kind of, like, reassessment of it just not being as, because uh, it's... What the one of the I can't now. I wish I could cite the 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 person who wrote it, but they were talking about, um, you know, it's a pre nine eleven movie, and it was about these suburban troubles and these suburban problems, and like, and this writer kind of thought that the opinion started to sway after nine eleven because it was like the these these issues were not the issues that people seemed to care about going forward after that happened. And the priorities changed and thought process changed about middle-class America and blah, blah, blah. Maybe the erosion of the middle-class in general over the last 20 years is maybe contributing to this attitude, or there's not a lot of people. That would make sense too. Like they're a pretty affluent uh, family. Mm -hmm. They live on a nice house. You know, maybe that's doesn't make sense to a lot of people either way, other way. I don't know. It just, all of it was like, yeah, American beauty. I don't know. What happened? Like, how, how could we think one way so universally, universally then 
and then have not only culture and time just i mean i i know things it's get reassessed progress it is it's weird but i think we're all better off not thinking american beauty is like a great piece of work work it's beautifully shot the performances are good i don't think you can take away a lot of like the technical merit of it um, the tone, but the tone and what the story is about is is weird and seems outdated and seems you could have a similar storyline but a different tone and seems shallow too. Mm-hmm. Like it just it this seems surface level when I was watching it. I was like, oh, these things that we've thought were so deep when we first start, started, we've seen accomplished better by other other filmmakers. We've seen it. What I thought was fun was that in that same article they quoted Sam Mendes, the director, who's gone on to make some good movies too. Uh, of him saying, like, a few years ago, like, yeah, I didn't really understand. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the awards and all the accolades, but, like, at the time, I didn't, I, I was surprised that it was as received as it was. Like, oh. I thought that it was, okay, like, I thought it was, we did an okay job with something that wasn't great. I mean, the, it was written by Alan Ball. Who would go on and make things that we like, right? And Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under, which I, I love, and he made, a, he was involved with kind of the good aspects of True Blood. He was less involved when it really went off the the rails there toward the end, so... Yeah, um, he made another something else recently, and I guess it wasn't as well received. But on, I think it was another HBO show. But it's hit and miss. But I mean, he's a talented writer. Well, and I think well, right. I think there's there's a snappiness to the movie that is very much. You could see why people were enamored with it, and every. I mean, it's it has that flash, and it has that Oscar sheen to it for sure. For a movie that's about like people in the suburbs, it does have that. So I mean, I could see how that. But I mean, when you look back at '99 now, it's like, well, that movie is nothing compared to some of these other things. So, yeah. Alan Ball did Here and Now. That was the other show that I don't think was as ten, well received. Ten episodes. They did not get renewed. Oh yeah. wait, he was executive producer mm. on that. Yeah, he. Pretty sure he created that and wrote like the pilot and everything. He's so. mostly a producer. Right, but I think that was his. That was his next swing at it HBO, was. and it didn't didn't pan out. So. What is it? It's another show. I don't know. It was on when we had HBO. It was airing, and then um, no, just like everything else on HBO, we didn't really watch it. So there were shows on HBO I liked that I didn't finish. I know Silicon Valley. We had a whole season of that we could have watched. Oh man, Veep. I love that. Show. We could have got to watch the end of Veep, but we didn't. Yeah, we did kind of whiffed on all oh, that. Tim stuff. Robbins was in and Holly Hunter. Yeah, I had a good cast. It just didn't uh, didn't click. I guess I didn't watch a single episode of it. So I don't know. Anyway, American Beauty. The last thing I'll talk about real quick. Oh my god. You've been talking for like a half hour. That's good. I don't have much to say about girls just want to have fun. Um, I need something to watch sometimes when I'm having lunch at home with the, when the kids are up. Because God forbid you sit and be like mindful with your eating. You have to have some sort of physically entertaining media in front of You're you. You're the one to talk on this island or whatever the shit you watched last week. Come on. Don't give me shit about watching an hour program, 40 minute program. Anyway, um, I watched. You would, this was, I was excited when I saw this existed. Bring the Funny on NBC. It's a reality show about comedians. Oh, Not yeah. Last Comic Standing, though, which we pretty much watched every season of when that yeah. was on. And it's fine. In, in addition to stand up, they have like sketch artists and stuff, which I know that's not your bag. It's not, even though I do love a lot of like improv people like Amy Poehler right. and. Well, we even Day. watched like the, 
the Saturday Night Live premiere this week, and I don't know. We just had it on, and it was, you know, like... We didn't really talk about it afterward. No, but, I mean, it, it, you know how you just the skit aspect it's, of it is very hidden. They only get about there. 20% with Right, it. well, and so you have these sketches that are going on the show, and they're meant to be, like, their showcase thing, and some of them are just like, ooh, that's not good. That's a flop. I, whatever. So I, I've been watching this, but I thought was uh, strange about the show was the panel of judges. Oh, tell me. So number one. Fascinating. Tell me more. Yeah, there you go. Number one, Jeff Foxworthy. That one I get. He's a, a long-running, successful, uh, successful stand-up, right? People know him. He's been on TV seasoned as a person the host was amanda seals who i was less familiar with but she's a pretty established comic she's had like an hbo special and stuff like that um so you had jeff foxworthy as judge and i thought he was good he gave good advice to all the stand-ups and things like that on the sketch side i get it but it's keenan thompson Ugh. and you don't you're not a big keenan thompson he's just had his run what i love about uh sometimes he's super funny what i loved about amanda seals the host was that every episode they he, she couldn't not mention like all that or good burger which i thought yeah. was pretty good he's been on snl for f- longest tenured snl uh member ever right but she's just like all that which i thought was funny because i was like aha you're still that guy from all that um so that's fine i get it he's on nbc he's got a sitcom coming out mid-year he's gonna leave snl all cross branding, right? Mm-hmm. Fine. And he's a sketch guy. I get it. They have sketches, right? Third one, I have nothing against her as a person, but I don't understand the connection for her to be a judge on a comedy show. Chrissy Teigen? She's, she's a, on fucking everything. She's a so she's a model and she is on Twitter a lot. I know she's that. She's hosted so many things. She's hosted things and she's married to John Legend. She was in between two ferns ferns with uh Zach Alphanagus. He she and John Legend were. But what I guess I don't get is like, and she's honestly, she was fine on the show. Like that, I would, I had no criticism. Wasn't she on Between Two Ferns, the movie? I just said that. Oh, sorry. I just literally said I that to your face. I was pulling it up. Sorry. Yeah, her and John Legend are in that. No, but what? And again, no criticism for her. I thought she did a fine job as judge. But like, but why is she the judge? I, I, I guess I, I, I don't know. They needed a hot girl. They needed the somebody that was famous, and she was. She's probably the more famous of all three of them right now because of her followers and all that. Right? She's an influencer and married to John Legend. They're a power couple. Maybe they wanted like a non-comedian. But that's what I mean. Like what to balance it out? But the way they sold her was like, oh, she's the queen of Twitter. She's the funniest person on Twitter or whatever. And I was like, is, th- is that a is that a thing? And, and, and is she? No, she's not. And is she the funniest person on Twitter? I don't know that. Again, not criticizing her in any way. I don't. Follow her. I don't know her. She's Again, our age. she seemed fine. She she had babies, so she had a lot of uh, relatable comments about like having kids while she was doing it. I thought she was fine, but the pick itself was strange. Okay, but remember when the last the last <laughs> shut up the remember the last season of Last Comic Standing they had that was the weirdest season. The one with Norm Macdonald. Yeah, so you had Anthony Jeselnik as your host. If you need, if you know about him, that's a strange choice because he is like a shock comic. I think he's funny, but. That's a weird choice to be your host. Norm MacDonald, who did not mince words to anybody, next to him, Roseanne, before Roseanne had her crazy, like her big meltdown after she got her show back, right? Her Roseanne show. And then Damon Wayans, I get that one. But, like, the combination of, like, Norm MacDonald, who was not, like... Who had the best advice. He had good advice, but they cut him down a lot, and he was apparently, like harsh to the point where they kind of had to cut it down and him and uh anthony jeselnik would like have a little riff going that's fun but they all they cut all that out and then roseanne i I mean what a weird 
these judge shows are strange. Like how how we get these groups of people together. Well, it's a combination of they want a certain mix and then also who's willing to do it because they don't know if these shows are going to be hit or not. Well, and they, the thing about Bring the Funny, you could tell they didn't even they didn't even bother changing wardrobe for like half of the series because you knew that they shot like they did the whole thing in a week. Three days. Oh, yeah. They were like they probably got a million bucks to sit there for a week. Right. It's oh, pretty sweet. I know it's great. They didn't even bother like changing clothes though, like for a couple of them. They had like three uh, wardrobe changes, the whole ten episode run. That's all they could afford. Yeah, they just they did it in a week. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So anyway, I watched that. It was fine. I just I don't even I can't couldn't even tell you who won. <laughs> I've already forgot. All right, wrap it up, Tyler. That was it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on oh. judges, but you had no thoughts other than fascinating. I provided a lot of thoughts. <laughs> if you could see, if the listeners could see your face right now, it would have been really that funny. That was offensive that you just said that. We could roll the tape so pro- all my thoughts. I could just rewind and move. Thought here. Another thought here. This is funnier if you could see your face. And you're another thought fa- here. You're making faces. You're moving your hands. It's pretty funny. I'm gesturing. I'd be laughing harder, but it's not 1130 yet. Oh, my God. No. Okay. Are you done yet? I'm done. Jesus Christ. Like, what do you do all day? <laughs> That's all at night. I had a little bit of a cold and I was kind of awake, so, you know, it's hey, hard to fall hey, asleep. you know what people do when they're sick? They, take they go a, to fucking bed. I have a hard time. I get congested and I can't, I don't, I don't sleep well, so I just you go on the You know who you sound like? Our annoying ass eight-year-old daughter. I can't sleep. My nose is running. Yeah, well, at least I go in the other room. I don't, I don't bother you with it. Thank God. That is true. I'll give, give you that. I just watch shows. It's fine. Okay. That's what are it. We talking about? <laughs> I feel like all we this has been the Tyler Wilson show. You started this thing talking about like I don't know interesting things. things. Your computer like working out. Oh, working out. Oh, I work out now. Humble brag. Humble brag. We're calling it the OC. Things of this nature. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you had some other stuff there. Okay, so we are here to talk about um, girls just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Let's get. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? I'm ready for some high stats. Is what Let's I'm ready get for. Some high stats. This movie came out in April 1985. It's rated PG. Perfect. The perfect 80s and 90s time. One hour, 30 minute. That is like, ah, so good. I don't even know. It did... Don't watch yourself. What? It, I, it... it could be shorter? Shut up. No, no. I was just saying, like, I... It seemed like it actually, like, literally was shorter. Like, I don't even know if it made 130. That probably included, like, the opening, the credits. No, but if we go up in that Hulu thing, I'm pretty sure that thing says, like, 123. <laughs> Like, it's short. It is one... It's not even as dripping wet is what it is. Okay. It's written by Amy Spice. Okay. Directed by Alan Metter. Mm-hmm. It stars Biff Yeager, Christy Summers, who are Richard you, Blade. Who you are these people funny? that you're saying? They're not I'm in the movie. I'm just reading it off of the IMDb. No, that's they don't... They that's the order of appearance, probably. No, it says stars. They, they got that wrong. Go to the Wikipedia... You, no, you no, gotta go I have to... It. It's what it says it stars. Jessica... Sarah Jessica Parker is it, listed... Six. Well, she's the star, though. It says first build only. I know, but their list that whoever comprised that page did it by in order of appearance. Like that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, it's terrible. So there, she wasn't the first one to appear on screen. Therefore, she's not listed on there. As the that's first. annoying. It is. I don't. I would prefer if IMDb would do it. I get it when the movie itself does in order of appearance at the end, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I don't know if this movie does that, but sometimes they don't, and they still do it in order of appearance. I don't like that. Do it Stupid. the way the movie credits it. That's what you should Agreed. do. Top bill. Do it through the top bill. Or if you can't do it, go to the Leonard Malton book and just go through his the way he lists it, because he does a pretty good job. They do not have an estimated budget on here. Yeah, it's probably not yeah. very much. Uh, it grossed in the U.S. $6.3 million. Not a lot. But Worldwide, six point three million. Did not make an international release. 
What? I'm shocked. <laughs> okay, so this is one of um, my coworkers before I got a new job. Several of them loved this movie growing up, and I do think several of your coworkers. Yeah, and oh. they're the ones who are like a little bit older than me, like like five. Like oh, oh, be careful, be careful now. Like seven, eight years older. So they, I mean, they tend that what you've told me about them and their movie likes they're Gen Xers. They're a little bit. They're they not old they like some of those little earlier like mid 80s are more their jam whereas some of our favorite movies are kind of like early yeah. 90s mid 90s right yeah. that's because they hit him at that right time when they were whatever seven or something when they saw it or when it was on tv right but my work wife lisa randomly this is one of her favorite movies okay and she's, she's the same right age as you yeah, maybe yeah. like a year or two older well again it's one of those if it, it depends on this is one of those movies where i feel like if you had the channel it was on and it was on on saturdays you, you saw watched, it a lot, yeah. or yeah, you watched it a lot, right? Yeah. So, so before we jump into the plot and what we think of it, and Sarah Jessica Parker, and so many things to uncover here, uh, what do you remember? That's the segment where we old millennials sit down and write what we remember back in the day of watching this, the actual plot, or any fun memories. Um, I feel so, like I should go first this time. Go ahead and go first, Tyler. What do you remember? This is what I wrote. I don't know anything about this movie. Sarah Jessica Parker's in it. Great song. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Mine's I Mine's not that much different. Oh, okay. So what I thought yours you... would be longer. No. So. I don't think I've ever seen this movie. Right. Which is a repeated surprise to my friend and work wife, Lisa, mm-hmm. who's insisted it's one of the best movies ever for the last seven years that Does I've known Does she her. insist that it's one of the best movies ever? I don't know. Okay. I know Sarah Jessica Parker's in it. You and I share that knowledge. Yep. And there's some dancing or something involved. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that I hope this movie doesn't disappoint on first viewing 34 years after the making or Lisa and I might not be friends anymore. Ooh, Ooh. bold statement. So, I mean, what's we, so this is the Cindy Lauper song comes out 84, right? Flashdance sure. the movie comes out 84, right? So, this is a trend no, movie. No, Flashdance came out after. It did? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I thought I read that. Why don't you look up Flashdance just real quick? I'm looking it up real quick on the internet. Tell me that year. Flashdance Mm, 1983. Okay, so earlier. <laughs> Wait, what was the dirty? Dirty, dirty dancing's later, which is different. Flashdance is probably more. So this is a trend movie, right? Like this was riding a trend of things that were hitting, right? Uh, sure. Girls just want to have fun. They love the song, and they thought, "Wait, we could make a movie about this." We already teased it earlier. The Cindy Lauper version of the song, not in the movie. Sure isn't. That's. Uh, I mean, that's that's it right there. That's I would say the number one. Uh, problem like, that is the all-encompassing issue i have with the movie in general is that they couldn't even bother to get the right song the version they have sounds like the song Wait. when you hear the beat the bars of it when it mm-hmm. starts early you're like oh they're gonna play the song right but then it is a cover version and it's not like a terrible cover version but it's clearly not cindy lopper singing mm-hmm. it's different it's like a group of girls yeah, singing it's a, yeah not great. No, I don't love it. Um, and just to clarify what I mentioned earlier, this was first record, written and recorded in 1979 by American musician Robert Hazard. Mm-hmm. But then Cyndi Lauper released her version in 1983. Is Robert Hazard related to Merle Haggard? Those are different last names, Tyler. It sounds similar to me. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, that would be my main issue. So who's who's in the movie? Sarah Michelle Gellar, <laughs> not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> That's Get a different different here. generation. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. With uh, uh, her Helen? blonde, what? Her blonde hair and dark eyebrows. Dark eyebrows. She had like dark eyebrows and thick exactly dark. Exactly the same as they do now. Mm, okay. 
She's just fantastic. She had fantastic eyebrows. She looks like herself in the movie, just younger, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely her, right? Helen Hunt, meanwhile, she looks exact. I mean, she looks she looks the same. Exactly. The she same. looks. She's younger, yes, but it's she's it's hell. It's like oh, there's Helen Hunt. Mad about you? Here she is. Next year, she did mad about you. I don't know if she did next year. It was a little bit later than that, but still, she's in it. And then there's a guy. I don't know who that guy was. Nate. Nobody cares. Yeah, he was uh, the guy. He was. Uh, not a highlight. <laughs> I tell you his name, but this is in fucking. Uh, let's see, was his name Jeff? <laughs> what did I say, Nate? Yeah, same uh, difference. Lee Montgomery. Oh wow, that's a, not even a good stage name. You can't. Even, what are you gonna do with that? You can't do anything with Lee Montgomery. Lee Montgomery. So, general thoughts. What did you think about this thing going? Because it starts off, we get like a dance routine. It's Chicago. There's a show that's really popular called Dance TV, right? Well, it doesn't start off like that. It doesn't. I thought I had the memory of it like being like, here's the dance, the teen culture, it, it almost dance does. to dance it to dance. It starts off with Sarah Jessica Parker as a new student at a at Catholic this, school. At this Catholic school, right? And uh, this is what I wrote because I was taking notes. Today. Good. Oh, I'm glad you as were being a studious podcast preparer. That's great. I love. And that. I wrote, uh, and her eyebrows are thick and beautiful. Oh, you wrote thick and beautiful. They're yes, thick. They did. They're beautiful. I'm not. I'm not trying to be derogatory. I have thick eyebrows. Our daughter so has thick eyebrows. Now, I'm you, not trying to be derogatory. I know you weren't on the eyebrow game because you're a dude. But this is what happens in mm-hmm. the '80s. Thick eyebrows, fine. In the '90s and 2000, it, no one. The game was pluck your eyebrows as thin as fucking possible. Oh. So they're like a pencil lined thick. That was like hot. And now thick eyebrows are back. And all those bitches that plucked our eyebrows to fucking death have to, like, draw them on. Oh, I was going to say, when did the drawing, like, getting rid of them completely yeah. and then just drawing them on start? It, but from us, because we have you didn't no have any eyebrows, eyebrows Well, you have eyebrows. I know, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't ever, I mean, I wasn't ever in the fashion game, so I didn't ever pluck my eyebrows I mean, I don't want to wanna death. be, I don't want to be crude, but I, you can always tell when someone's drawing their eyebrows on, though, right? Yeah, they look real bad, usually. Yeah. Some people are good at it, though. They, they, it looks like hair. I've never seen that. But you know who doesn't have to do that? <laughs> huh. Sarah Jessica Parker. Does she do that? I, I haven't no, I seen need, a picture of her like recently. A, I like a picture of her I, I wasn't watching... Again, it was another one of those HBO shows I didn't watch, Divorce, so I don't know what she, her eyebrows were looking like on that show. They're probably on point because she's beautiful. She's been around like for a while. To be mean to her. Why do they like to be mean to her? Because she's married to Matthew Broderick. Is that why? Is she married to Matthew Broderick? I thought they Ugh. were married together, weren't they? I don't know. What do you want from I me? I think people just like to pick on women's looks. Oh yeah, I mean, sure. I, get I mean, that. am I guilty of it? Yeah, because this culture's stupid. Her eyebrows on it aren't as beautiful now as they were in the eighties. Ooh, but... that's a hot take. Here you are. I don't like to bitch on people's looks. You're like, ah, Sarah Jessica Parker's they eyebrows are so not as good. Thick. They look good in the movie. I thought they're good. I like them. They're noticeable though. You don't see that. Like I, you know, you don't see a lot of those uh, eyebrows. Um. Okay. So she starts out. She's going to the school. Is right. that what you're trying, you're trying to get me back to? Well, the they went plot? to the school, and then they there was dan- there's dance TV. Everybody loves Hold dance on. TV. We are also introduced to Helen Hunt before Dance TV. I know. Every moment with Helen Hunt in this movie is precious because she's the best part of the movie. Yeah. And she looks exactly like she does in Twister, which hmm. is episode one of that, Old oh, yeah, first Remember episode. Movies. Some great audio on that one, yeah. I recall. <laughs> and then Sarah Jessica Parker's in front of the class and she's like, I love gymnastics and dance. And she, uh, the school's like in Chicago. So she's she's in Chicago and she's talking about how she's dreaming. She's her dream is to be on dance TV, and then oh, it fades into the dance. The TV. big show, yeah. It's like what Dancing with the Stars would be if that was a real show that people actually liked. Which I'm not convinced that people actually watch or like Dancing with the Stars. But eh, what do I know? Yeah. 
Um, do you remember when we did the episode on Last Dragon? Yeah. It looks like the same exact studio. set, and I would I would also argue that the dancing in Last Dragon better. Um, right off the Ooh. bat, no. Here's the issue. Right off the bat, and they say it right in that first scene. Sarah Jessica Parker, what same year by the way. Last Dragon's eighty five. She says she's a gymnast, and yeah, I would argue that she's more of a gymnast in the movie than she is a dancer. Her yeah. gym skills. I know you argue are that eighty five times. Every time you're like, she's not dancing. She's flipping. That's yeah. nasty. Well, because when they do the dancing, the dancing is not that great. So then it's like, well, what are they? Good dancers? Or are they? She's just a good gymnast. Which I mean, fine. I guess if the TV show wants to have a gymnast flipping around, all the more I, that's great. I, that's watchable. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not dancing. It's gymnast stuff. Gymnastics is what they call it in the she, real she world. She does a lot of flipping in the movie. I mean, is it her or is it another? Do you it's think was she on flipper? Oh, you don't know? You didn't get any research? She's a flipper of her I own? Was, is she an expert gymnast? I mean, she had big hair, so it would have been easy to have a stunt double. She made, uh, Helen Hunt, when they go uh, leave school, she made a good point of like, oh, you gotta, we're going to go over and babysit this kid so we can watch Dan's TV. It's a great place to watch it. We have a 25-inch TV. 25-inch TV. Which in 85 was big. It was big. And as they're watching Dan's TV, or before or whatever, mm-hmm. oh, man, so much 80s fashion. Oh, Helen Hunt is rocking some some stuff in this movie. Oh, both Helen Hunt and the dancers. Well, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's like neon everywhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. Black and neon. What I, one thing that stood out to me was all the dancers had really long, dangly earrings. Mm-hmm. That's not like a thing you see on these dance competition shows. No, because they whack it in the face. Yeah, but all of them had these long, big, dangly earrings. I yeah. noticed because I don't wear earrings. So I was like, wow, that's not. That's a, you don't see a lot of big earrings on people. You don't. Uh, but that was the thing. Yeah, no, there were a lot of earrings. Um, Ooh, talk about Helen Hunt's Velcro clothes. <laughs> she, well, I don't remember the Velcro clothes so much as, like, her Dimitridon uh, hair clips. Her Velcro clothes. She's riding home from Oh, school. yeah, yeah. She's got, like, a uniform, a school uniform that, yeah. like, Velcros into, like, a regular outfit she, with like, a skirt. She, like, rips her skirt off, flips flips it around. It looks like a leather skirt. She's she a character. She vest around, so right all off. the plaid is gone. Right off the bat, you're like, man, this movie would be pretty good if it was following Helen Hunt the whole time. She's awesome, and I want to be her friend. But she's, unfortunately, uh, she gets sidelined kind of when the guy gets introduced a little bit, and I wasn't big on that. Typical 80s bullshit. I know. Um, oh, so, yeah, at the, at the, they're at this baby, they're babysitting this kid. The kid's just sitting on an entire pizza for a scene for some yep. reason. That's, that's um, something to note. Yep, they're like, hey, I know how to babysit this kid. Is that the same scene where she does have Dimitridon, the dinosaur hair clips in her yeah. hair? She's got some great you know, hats those and are great rats, hair clips. By the way. Dimitrodon ones? Big dinosaur hair clips. Are you familiar with the Dimitrodon? It's yes. the one with the sail on it. You see yeah. that big dinosaur thing right over there? What? You can find it on that poster right over there. The big dinosaur oh, one I bought you po- that you refuse to hang up because your whole wall is covered in Funko Pops and there's no room for that awesome dinosaur mounted on wood. But it's on display right now. It's on display right there. And I wanted to go upstairs. I wanted to be upstairs. I wanted to be upstairs. Well, I was was telling you, be cautious. You might be pointing out the Spinosaurus, which is a large dinosaur with a sail on it. That's not the Dimitridon. That's the one from Jurassic Park 3. Future episode. uh, Well, that's what I was wondering when I was thinking about the movie, and I should have done some research then. Is it right there? It might still be there. It's right there. It's not one that we've, like, knocked out of existence, right? Because we found some new updated bones and ruined it. Like, it's the gone by the way of Pluto. You know what I mean? Remember when we had a brontosaurus, and it was like, oh, it's not a brontosaurus, it's a patasaurus, and a brachiosaurus. They're separate ones. We didn't ever have a brontosaurus. And they're like, no, actually, we do have a brontosaurus. It's like this one. And they're like, oh, okay. Hey, so the brontosaurus hey, is back. Great. Hey, save it for a dinosaur movie podcast, okay? But you Keep know what I'm saying? The brontosaurus was there, and then it wasn't there, but now it's back. I'm just saying. That's hard for... How do so these she, kids pay she, attention? She had cool clips. 
<laughs> yeah, she's got cool clips. Cool clips. There's a couple other ones later that I like too. Um, okay, and then so they're hanging out, mm-hmm. and then it, it shoot it goes over to these two guy friends who are shooting hoops in the driveway. Very eighties thing to do. Yeah, one and, of them's uh, got a shirt off. Well, our hero. One of them looks like a young Jewish boy. What did you just say that? Yeah, that's a weird thing to say. No, it's the eighties. I know what you're saying. You don't. You're not saying that it's a young Jewish boy. You're saying the movie's saying it's a young Jewish boy. Is what you're saying? Yeah, because it's like, like very much like, like you know this. Um, what's it called when you make a cartoon of someone that's? It's a caricature. Yeah. yeah, it's a caricature. It is, and I would agree with that. Yeah. It's not. I, I wasn't being racist. No, you weren't saying that, but the, you're saying that the movie is saying that, and I would agree with you that it is. I'm just, you know, I'm really bad at words. Yeah, no, but that's what you're saying, because yeah. that's what it is. It's Jonathan Silverman, who would go on to do sitcoms and stuff like that. He does something horrible later in the movie. We'll get to that. Oh, my God. Anyway, so he plays, like, a stereotypical... Friend, nerd friend. Nerd. You could just glasses. say nerd friend. He has did glasses. he have glasses? Yeah, I think so. No. I think he did. I don't remember that. He's I see. Skinny. We watched this two days ago He's and I've like already forgotten. He's like skinny guy and then his friend. But his friend is like muscle bound. Muscle and, and hairless. Hairless? No. Hairy. Oh, was he? He has a chest full of fucking hair. And oh, he's supposed to be in high school and oh. he's got just like the did he? hairy chest. Oh, that's not what I think of when I think of young men. I like to think of a chest, a hairless. I mean, uh, look at all this hair on your chest. I know. Hey. Yeah, but you know what? I wasn't, when I was playing basketball in high school, you know what I do? I kept my fucking shirt on. <laughs> you kept your fucking shirt on. I know what I'm doing. Keep my shirt on. Number one, I don't want to get skin cancer on my body. Number two, I don't like getting tan. Okay. Number three, so, I got okay. a lot of hair. I had a lot of hair even in high school. What do you want from me? Okay. I'm not sure what I was thinking. When I saw this. He doesn't have glasses. <laughs> but this is what I wrote. He has a lot of hair on his chest. Like, dot, dot, dot. A lot. Hold on. I don't even remember Hold on. this. Hold on. If I had seen this as a teenager, period, damn, in all caps. You like that look? I don't know. What did my damn mean? Did it mean that I was horrified, grossed out, or that I thought it was hot? Okay, so now you got to bring yourself back to a uh, 16-year-old you. Put yourself in the mindset. Think about that. I mean, like, damn. Do you like hairy chest boy? Well, he was also, like, very muscular. Could you tell because there's so much hair? I don't remember. I, I honestly, I can't I, I remember what he looked like. I remember he had a shirt on. I been like, he looks like he's in college. He's hot. Well, he probably was in college when he filmed the thing. So, you know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up a picture of the guy to show you that he had glasses. Jonathan Silverman? I just think of Jonathan Silverman, and I don't think about that. Anyway, he's, like, you know, he's just your typical, like, he's not... It's a dumb character because it's just like he's not very athletic and he's not talented. You're right, dan- he doesn't have glasses. He's not a talented dancer. He's nothing here. He's only here to be like the cool, supportive guy to my awesome friend and to inappropriately, inappropriately hit on chicks the whole movie. Yeah, and well, he I'm sure does. At him as an adult, I don't. I didn't recognize him. Jonathan Silverman. He's yeah. in like a sitcom. He had a sitcom for a while. What was that show that he was on for a long time? Yeah. He was a guy. He was a he had a, he had his moment in time in the nineties. Not Girls so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, there's a dance contest. The show has got a lot of young dancers, and it's a big deal to get on the show. Chicago's number one show. Get on the show. Sarah Jessica Parker's dad. She's a military. She's a army rat. Is that what they call it? She's brat? her dad. Brat. Army brat. Army brat. What did I say? Army rat. Brat. Not army brat. Not rat. Um. He's strict. His mom is like a lady from the 50s, kind of the way she talks. She's like, oh, hi there, dear. And she has no character. It's only the dad who's strict, who doesn't want her going downtown to go audition because it's not safe. And he's a, he's an army guy. And they've got a guard dog outside their apartment building or complex or whatever. And, yeah, um, they want her to be in, was it choir? 
that's okay, but not uh, not this uh, dance contest. Yep. Well, Helen Hunt's got other ideas. They're going to go down there and they're going to try out for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they meet, oh, it's just a rich bitch, right? That's what they call a rich bitch. Yep. That's what they call the moot in 80s talk. They call this character rich bitch. Rich bitch. She comes in. She thinks she's going to win the thing. She's got dark hair and our heroes have blonde hair. So she's Natalie, bad. I think was her name. She's bad, right? And she's rich and she's going to come win the contest, right? And they're fighting. She even pays a guy to dance, who's dancing with Helen Hunt to be kind of bad mm-hmm. so that Helen Hunt gets knocked out of the competition, right? Mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker, though, she gets kind of, she doesn't, what's, this is weird. She's not paired with him initially, but like they have a moment where they're dancing on stage and she's doing flips. And the way that he impresses is he jumps through a paper wall. Yeah. And there's a shot, like a hero shot of him jumping through a paper wall. And they're like, ooh, ooh he can jump through paper walls. Yeah. Which, let's be clear. Uh, I would like to think that I could jump through a paper wall, but then I just was thinking about it. I was like, I might trip and then like not hit the paper wall. And then I'm thinking about those like, uh, movies where like the misfit teams go through running through their, uh, strip of paper going to the football game. Is that like Little Giants? Is that a movie? Ed O'Neill? Remember that movie? Something like that. Little kids, they'd run into the thing and they just fall over when they hit the thing. Ha <laughs> ha, comedy, right? Am I right? But they get paired together, and they got to work together, and pretty much Helen Hunt is only there to be a side character for a while. What did you think about this movie? Because it's very 80s, but it's not like – it's not – there's not a goldmine of uh, awesome, crazy 80 thing, 80s things happening all the time. There's a few moments we can talk about, but it's not like Last Dragon, like, level of cheese. So what did what were your thoughts kind of as it was going on? I was appreciating it through the eyes of people who enjoyed it growing up, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a lot of, it, it was really singular. There wasn't a lot of layers of fun, interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, my issue would be that Helen Hunt is a, is a personality. She's I a character, her. but everybody else in comparison, kind of flat. Even Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker didn't have much to didn't do. Didn't like the dudes. He was a dull and I wouldn't say that Cherry Jessica Parker was dull so much as just she didn't have a lot to do. It was, she did not. And I but had a hard the, time with on that. On the plus side, I do appreciate a good like training montage. There's a few of those. Like, you know, that's always But fun. I don't know if the dancing's great. Yeah, I know. You kept making comments about how like that's not dancing. It's flipping, which I like flipping. I mean, it is a lot of bad dancing. But then I think the movie comes to life in a glorious scene. And you know the one I'm talking about. Natalie, that rich bitch, oh. uh, she's having a party. And it's like a, what did they call it? A debutante party? A debutante. Yeah, a big, uh, a big fancy party because yeah. she's rich, right? It's at the country club. 16 or whatever. Right. Uh, she's being just a rich bitch to the other girls, right? And so uh, they get, uh, Jonathan Silverman gets an invitation, hand of, uh, gets an invitation in hand, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes and gives it to Jeff or Dylan or whatever the guy's name is. Yep. <laughs> What's his name? Nate? Who cares? Uh, Jeff. Whatever. And they're like, uh, Helen Hunt sees that. It's like, oh, I got it. We, fuck that goddamn bitch. And so they, uh, they decide to make a hundred copies or hundred, hundreds. 150. 150 copies like of the this. the Kinko's in the mall or whatever. Posh invitation, right? And is this when the girls just want to have fun song is on or is it a different song? I don't we remember. We got to talk about the soundtrack a little bit, but, um, so then we get a montage of them handing out this invitation to the party to, uh, <laughs> It's just the the most 80s batch of, like, I would call them, in the 80s, I think they called them punkers. Not punks, they're punkers. They're like the 
they've got earrings all over and the mohawks place. Mohawks. Mohawks. There was one cross-dresser and maybe a couple transgender. Maybe. And a couple lesbians. They're like, let's get the the weirdest people. Quote, unquote, weird. You did quotes. Again, you're doing that thing where they're you're saying quotes. something, but you're not yeah. you're not displaying it. You're not saying weird. You're saying the movie's saying they're yeah, weird. Yeah, they're like, let's get the weirdos of the 1985. There were two guys that I swear to God were like the human forms of Bebop and Rocksteady from the Turtles. Yes. Like they were the human version before yeah. they get mutated. Yeah. They looked like I that. I agree. That's what was in my head just yeah. now. Yeah. And they were like, we got to get you guys to the party. Yeah. And it's a gr- it's hilarious because it's just like they are. It's like a revenge montage. They're dancing around. They're so excited giving out these uh, flyers, right? So that's a great scene. <laughs> but then we get uh, to the actual party and it's very like dapper and it's stuffy. Jeff is there. Jeff? Dylan? What's his name? Jeff. Jonathan Silverman's there. It's just a very uh, prim and proper. Her dad's, uh, the, the, the mean girl's dad, is Who's her like family's there. He's like years He's old. like 100. He owns everything in the town, right? He's he, a big fat. He owns the factory. He owns the factory. Estate. He owns everything in, by the way, the town is Chicago. <laughs> it's like, he owns everything in town. The town of Chicago. Like, Chicago. He's like the baron of like what you'd think a small town would be, but no, yes. they're in Chicago. You say that. (laughs) It's very funny. It is odd. It's just like, no, he he owns everything in Chicago, only one of the largest cities in the country. (laughs) He owns everything, right? (laughs) So that's a little weird. But, um, so then we get to the parties going on and we think like, well, this is weird. Like, it's the party, it goes on for a little, like a couple minutes. You're like, well, this is weird. I thought we were inviting a bunch of people. Yep. Did the invitation have a later time on it? Well, no, because then the people start showing up. But the way they show up is great. There's a punker who just decides to run and jump and break a window, like jump Cra- right into it. Crash through a window, right yeah. into the party. And then everybody else is just running in, uh, following him in. And then it becomes like people are swinging on the furniture. There's guys, a couple of punkers have taken a golf cart and are running it through the uh, the thing. There's a guy playing guitar, standing on all the food. It's just a big old party. It doesn't seem pleasant, but then later on in the sequence, they try to show people having fun, which I I wouldn't, I don't, this seems like a riot to me. It yeah. seems like it's all criminal activity. Yeah, vandalism. I under, kind of understood how the dad would be so upset about this. This is pretty bad. It's a pretty bad situation going on here. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Helen Hunt and the guy are in the, well, just her and the, just the two girls, right? Yep. Because the other guy's at the party. Yep. They're in the corner. Like, they're hiding they're behind the, gla- the broken window and they're giggling like, ah, oh, we got you or whatever. And I think that rich bitch sees him, and then she's like, "Oh, I'll get you, goddamn it!" And all that. And stuff. Jeff's little sister's hanging out. With oh, her. Jeff's little sister's right, played by Shannon Doherty, right? Yeah, yeah, in a young uh, early role. She even gets like a featured, like her name yes. stands out in the end credits too. Yeah. So she must have been. Oh, they're she really was, into her. She was young enough where she didn't have her resting bitch face later <laughs> seen as she gets older. We are being very derogatory on this episode. I'm just joking she when has, they call Shannon her. Shannon Doherty has resting I know. bitch face. And Everybody knows it. When I say when I'm talking about that rich bitch. I mean that the movie's treating her like that. She has no character other than to be spoiled and bitchy, right? She has no the yeah. villain of the movie. No development at all. No real yeah. reason why she would even dislike these people, right? Other than that being finalist. But she's not doesn't we don't see them her being mean to the other people, so I don't I don't get that. Um, is this the part where Jonathan Silverman does something horrifying? I don't know what dance were they at. They were at some They were at maybe a different dance. So it doesn't matter. Jonathan Silverman decides to tell a girl that he's talking to a game. What's the game called? I wrote it down. It's horrible. I couldn't believe this. This was in a movie. Oh, yeah. This is just like during the training montage where they're, where they're like practicing. So now they're at like a like a club. 
almost. Oh yeah, they go. They oh, we're gonna go out and we're gonna practice, and so we go to a club, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So first, this huge guy insists that he dance with Sarah Jessica Parker. That's right. Oh yeah, this is a whole. This is this is a scene that they the people on the internet will call uh they call it uh, a pound sign problematic. Pound sign uh, on the Twitter. Pound problematic. Sign, hashtag me too. Prop pound sign me too. Right. He insists that she dances with him. This giant man. She's like no. huge. He's like fifty, maybe not fifty, but forty years old. And he basically like grabs her arm and pulls like, her oh, off, and is like, "No, you'll be dancing." Oh, we're gonna be dancing like that. I don't know if he talked like that, but you know, he looked like a big ogre of a man, you yeah. know. And then he, you know, so the the Jeff or Dean or whatever, he comes in and he like uh, punches him, and there's a fight, whatever. But anyway, so that's weird, right? That's happening. And then in the middle of that, Jonathan Sorman's going. This is what he he asked the girl to play a game called Tune in Tokyo. And she's like, oh, radio. what's that? Tune in the radio or tune in Tokyo. And he's like, oh, this is how you play. He just reaches over. And no, he... no. First he tells her to put her hands on her head or up or something. Uh-huh. And then move her hands from left to right or up and her elbows up and down. Like she's almost like chicken wings Chicken or dance or something. Bit. Sure. So her hands are up and her chest is out. Right? If people mm-hmm. could see me, my boobs are just out. Right. My arms are up. I can see that. It's really happening. And you're, like, you're wearing clothes and, and she's wearing like, clothes. And then he's like, oh, you got to tune the radio. He puts both his hands on her boobs. On her nipples. And, like, squeezes and pinches and twists. It's a titty twister is what it is. Oh, my God. That was the most shocking thing I've ever play, seen in this movie. A playground titty twister. Or it, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? What? Like what little kids would do to What? The- the literal fuck. It's and what's what's disturbing is that it's played for laughs. Like, oh, that character—that's a character we like—is that guy that plays the titty twister game with that girl they just they met. Sexually assaults someone in public. He just sexually assaulted her, and he's like the friend who like helps them later get into the thing and help them do this other thing. What a goddamn creep! Oh, I know. He's a real Kevin Spacey what or whatever. The actual fuck, allegedly. Um, I yeah, listen, he's a creep, but um, so yeah. the movie sort of lost me. Oh, it was a very strange moment, right? It's a weird uh, thing. Um, then it gets into the training montage. They're practicing really hard. One fun sign that we did take a picture of that's just like in the hallway of <laughs> the fucking high school or wherever, or the dance recital hall, mm-hmm. wherever the fuck they are. There's this giant sign with big letters. Wardrobe must be approved by Carol. By Carol. Dance wardrobe for the competition. Mm-hmm. Who's like what? I, my question was like, who's Carol? I Why is she like, a character in the movie? Okay, I feel like something got cut out because oh. there's that sign, and then later in the movie when there's the dance competition, right? The rich bitch is talking. Rich bitch is talking about like, oh, so and so designed like some fancy designer oh, yeah. designed it. So I feel like there's like a missing I bet plot you, line. I bet you Carol's just stewing over that. Yeah. She's like I didn't approve that. Like I feel like Carol didn't approve it, and she gets disqualified. Yeah, that or was something. something like that. I Maybe that's like how she loses or whatever, right? There's a missing time. Carol's clock. just super mad. She's like, you can't just bring in your own outfit without Carol's just... Like, you talk you. to me about this the costume. The sign says wardrobe so What's this sign approved. say, you bitch, bitch? Oh, you think you can get away with everything, right? Yep. Um, so, uh, oh, I wanted to talk about this. The um, the music, so we know that the Cyndi Lauper song, not really it's in a cover it. cover song. But the other music in it, is uh, this was kind of in the last dragon a little bit too and these it's this thing in the 80s where like the songs are very literal and it's like (laughs) all explaining what's happening on the screen like more so than like would ever be allowed today right Uh um when she's breaking out of the house to go train it's like the song is on the loose on the loose right Ooh, i like i like your karaoke yeah oh there's another one too here here i'll list you the songs okay on the loose yep there's she's on the loose um i can fly 
That's when they're dancing and they're doing some jumps. And he's lifting her up yep, to the air. Yep, I can fly. Yep. Um, uh, dancing in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's when they're, like, making out. Yep. Uh, girls just want to have fun. Dancing in the street. Okay, wait, I remember this one. Wake up the neighborhood is when all the punkers are jumping through. Oh, they're like, wake the up one. the neighborhood. Yeah, da, da, the other two are two curl and technique. And I can fly in technique. And what's great about, I don't know if you were, did you, were you still sitting there? When the, when the credits are going, they decided these songs are so good, they yes. wanted to play 30 seconds yes. of every single one of yes. them again. It's like, remember On the Loose, guys? Wasn't yes. it great? Remember? It was so you could replay the whole movie like, in your head. But it wasn't even the freeze the frame thing. They should have put the freeze frame on there. Like, wake up the neighborhood. There's a punker jumping through the thing, playing freeze guitar. Frame. Yeah. Like, that's what this movie needed, right? With those songs. So that was pretty good. The songs are just laughably, and they're not, they're not good. Like, they're just, like, they're really, like, they're not, um, pleasing to listen to in no. any way at all. Um, nope. and they were very clearly, like, written by one guy and then, like, recorded by, like, maybe two guys. No, they weren't. These are real songs by a lot of different people. No, but come on. They wrote so I remember the credit at the beginning is like, songs by blah, blah, blah. This, there was a lot of things that were written. For the movie. They're like, this is going to be great. No one is going to care that we didn't get the Cindy Lauper song. We've got On the Loose on here. On the Loose. Mm -hmm. Guys, it's going to be a huge hit. Um, Yeah. Ooh, Helen Hunt at one point has, uh, when she breaks her out on on the loose, she's upside down, hanging down from the ceiling. But then when she gets up, it's revealed that she's put mousse in her hair, that her hair is just sticking up like Bride of Frankenstein. Helen Hunt's got some mad hair and hat game in this movie. It's amazing. And yet, like... She disappears. She's in the, these montages. She shows up for here and there. She's not a part of the climax but other than like an getting awesome her in. Friend. She helps her break out of her house. Yeah, she's great, but she doesn't. There's not enough for her to do. Even I think she even gets like an and Helen Hunt credit on here, which makes sense because she's just not in a lot of the movie. Yeah. Um. The dad. Oh, Jeff's dad. Dean's dad. Oh yeah. First, this guy. First, he's got the dead mom story. Dead mom. Yep. Clearly. Oh, dead mom. Um, his dad works at the factory mm-hmm. that's owned by the rich by bitch's dad. John P. Chicago. Yeah, and John P. Chicago threatens Jeff and is like, if you go through with this, I'll get your dad fired. From the factory. Done, the, you so, know, the Chicago factory. You might, you know that big factory yeah. in Chicago? That's so then, I own that. So then like 10 minutes pass in the movie, and then uh, Jeff is sitting at the table with his dad, and he's like, I'm not going to do the competition. And his dad's like, why? And he's like, because... He finally reveals, which I think is a good scene where he actually shares with his dad. That's always nice to see people have kids having conversations, 25 year olds having conversations with their parents. No, there's a 25 year old. And uh, so he's like basically reveals that he was threatened. And the dad is like, it's cool. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll lose my job. No, no, no. Actually, what he says is. It's all good. He goes, do you think you can win? Oh. oh, okay, because if he wins, you suddenly won't lose your job, sir? Well, I think that the idea that if he wins is that they're going to be rich and famous from being on this, what t- appears to be local access television to me. Yes. Chicago area local Chicago access. Chicago dance TV. It's like MTV, Tyler. But I don't know. If I was a guy, like, if it was my job, and again, maybe because it is Chicago, it's like, well, I'll just get a job at another factory. There's not, he doesn't own every factory in Chicago. Maybe that's it. But he's got two kids to support. But it plays like he, like Mr. John P. Chicago. Like, there's nowhere else to work besides this factory. Yeah, he will shut him down. His dad's not too worried about it. 
I feel like that's like, ah, I'm a, not too worried about it. That's a oddly th- um, theatrical way of supporting his kid. Like, not realistic in the, well, in the least this is bit. what we would call uh, when a movie is uh, inserting conflict that's not earned. That's what we would call it. Oh, okay. You know, like, oh, we're going to get a threat. And then, like, well, we have to somehow pay this off. But it's like, well, it doesn't There's matter. No Just write a line. It's fine with it. Whatever. Like, yeah. it's just, it's it's not, it's there to... Oh, but create I mean, a roadblock I mean, that doesn't Jeff need to be does there. Jeff does throw quite a temper tantrum. Oh at God! Poor sir, just oh my God! Character. I've never seen. Why not just say like, "Oh, I can't perform." Okay, so or... Jeff shows up to the studio where they yeah. practice. He's mm-hmm. fucking ten minutes late, and mm-hmm. she's just like, "Hey, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Why are you even asking?" Gah. And then she's like, "Oh, <laughs> did you bring the tape?" And he's like, "No." Why would I bring a tape? Why did I bring the tape? And she's like, "What is wrong with you?" And he's like, "She didn't even Nothing. say that. She's being very nice." She's and like, he... clearly. Something is upsetting Oh, something you. upset with you? Nothing upsetting me. Well, do you want to dance? You're a dance. Like, I didn't say that, but it's pretty like, close. <laughs> his acting is real bad. It's bad, and it's just the most whiny, bitchy little thing I've ever... It's Poorly a tantrum. directed. It's a tantrum good. that doesn't make sense, and what infuriates me about it is that later, when he decides to dance, no apology. Nothing. It's what just like, dick. she's just like... And again, this is part of the problem with Sarah Jessica Parker's character being such an empty vessel. She doesn't even... There's no conflict. It's just like, oh, well, you're here. It's okay. Never mind that you act like a five-year-old for no reason for 15 yeah. minutes, like, for this whole thing. We nearly had to quit because you decided to have, like, a literal five-year-old without, tantrum. Without a conversation. Without just being like, well, this really fucking big asshole threatened my dad, and now I don't think I can dance. Well, when, Why couldn't he just say that? It would be... It would it would make that payoff of that conflict. It would create a real rift or something they could actually yes. like overcome together and build on character. But they wouldn't want to do that in this movie because we just got to get to the dancing, right? I guess that was weird. Thought that would didn't uh, didn't work no. again. There's another scene without Helen Hunt to get your her hat game to kind of help you through. We didn't talk about the nun that does a whole uh, gym routine on the what's that thing called? It's like the, the pony, horse? the horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, she, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker wants to go talk to Mr. He drives a motorcycle too, because of so course he hot. fucking does, right? Because his dad's so rich, he can have a motorcycle. Why does he have a motorcycle? I don't know, but, uh, they're at the, you know, so Helen Hunt is distracting the nun, because there's nuns that work at the school, because it's a Catholic. Have you ever, are you familiar with these? I, what? Yeah. It's like Sister Act. What? Um, Sister Act 2, excuse me, back in the habit. Um, which we should watch. Those are great movies. Well, why don't you just go watch it on fucking Pluto, Tyler? I don't need to because I, I think I have the DVD. Yeah, but you're so lazy. If it were on Pluto tonight, if it is on Pluto tonight in a half hour, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm going to watch this. Even though I just told Ange we'll do a po- podcast on it. I might. You're such I might. A son of a bitch. So, Helen Hunt get that Hunt Lauren Hill really action in Back good. of the Habit. Helen Hunt is really good in this movie at distracting the nuns so Sarah Jessica Parker can go talk to Jeff and practice with Jeff. Is this the only scene in which that happens, though? No, she doesn't during choir practice where she's all, Dayo, what oh, you that's say, right. yo. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, a mean bitch she called into that. She pretended to be the choir teacher and got her and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in trouble. She reported her. Yeah, whatever. Um, and Helen Hunt bailed her bailed out, her out there too. her ass again. That's true. Uh, yeah, she's just a good, idealistic, great friend who yes. has no real character other than to be awesome, which I, you know, I, I'll take it because she had personality, so yeah, I'll take it in this she's movie. She's awesome. But anyway, yeah, the nun does a full-on, we get this sequence where she's doing a full-on routine on the back of the thing. And it's awesome. It she, is like, awesome. She, like, ties her skirt thing but up. But see, that's the thing. That's I needed more of that in this movie. If it's going to be an 85 movie, I need more of the, the punkers. I need mm-hmm. more of the nun dancing yes. the thing. Like, this is a this movie is a great, like, two-minute montage on YouTube, which, I, by the way, I think the whole movie is available to watch on YouTube totally free. Fantastic. It's also on Hulu, but anyway... Uh, I think it's been on YouTube for several years, and YouTube was like, eh. <laughs> this one seems fine. No harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. 
But yeah, no, it's a great, I think if you put, yeah, I made like a three, four minute video on YouTube, it's a, oh man, this movie seems great, but then in actual, you know, the end, so the dance at the end, it's a big thing of people dancing, right? Mm -hmm. I would say that the two twin, the twin uh, sisters are the best dancers because they do like a thing where they're like, one of them appears from behind another thing and they're like synchronized together. I thought was the best dancing in the movie. I think everyone did. They were the best dancers. But they didn't get to the finals. Mean bitch. I oh yeah. You're, again, the movie's saying that, not not you. Yeah. You, you gotta remember that you're not. No one's seeing your face when you're making this these movies. Comments. Racist. Maybe. Um. So, but I was. So the movie, of course, has to end with uh, our heroes and mean bitch and her partner. To there's a tiebreaker, right? But I would argue again. The the mean girl especially her routine is not good at all. It is a bad dance routine. Oh yeah, she's not good. I don't understand and her how dad's like paying people off. Do you think so? Yeah. Because that He's they don't win. The judges off. Yeah. Holy shit, they're bad. But then the Sarah Jessica Parker one is also not great. She does flips. I'm not gonna lie. I was really expecting Carol to come in. <laughs> Where's Carol? Carol's like, hey, excuse me, you're not. This is not a sanctioned like, costume. After seeing that sign, I was like, this is some big fucking foreshadowing right here. This shit is gonna come up later. Nope, no Carol. Why the fuck am I signing then? And just some underwhelming dancing because we got some montage of um, Sarah Jessica Parker. I tried to take a picture of the guy trying to learn how to like do the flips or something like that. He made some pretty the best acting in the movie is when he's like literally trying to Ooh. do. Oh, clearly they were trying to get him to do something and his body doesn't move that way. Yep. So some good faces there, but so he does a flip and that's how they win. They do a bunch of flips and that's how they win the thing. But again, I would argue that's more. While the gymnastics aspect is impressive, they're dancing not great. And underwhelming, not entertaining in a way that uh, I would I would say is what you need in this in this kind of movie. Well, before we have our final thoughts mm-hmm. on girls just want to have fun, let's uh, hear what Siskel and Eber had to say back in 1985. Kind of a video or audio clip of it in our in our segment called "What Would Roger Say?" Say. Can I fire up the clip? I, yeah, sure. Is it where it's supposed to be? I Well, I found it. I didn't really listen to it, but I, I they had a clip, and I think it's like the three-minute mark. Okay, so go ahead. here we go. I'm just going to push play. Okay. She has one thing going on in that scene. This is the way she acts. <laughs> oh, why can't they act tough? And they had the model in Flashdance, you see. Jennifer Beals was strong and exciting, so why go namby-pamby? That's the old days. Let's get some strong young women in the movies again. The film company that made this picture didn't want to release any of the scenes where those two kids audition and compete for the roles of dancers on the TV show. And I think I know why the studio didn't want you all to see those scenes. First of all, they want you to think that girls just want to have fun is not just another dance movie. I don't know what's wrong with that. I'd see Flashdance again. Second, and this is more important, the dancing at the end of this picture isn't very good. And that's why I don't think they wanted the scene because... Frankly, Sarah Jessica Parker, the young dancer, is more of an acrobat than a real dancer, and she does running flips more than anything else, sort of Mary Lou Retton on the big screen. <laughs> There's no romance in her dance, and that's a shame. Girls Just Want to Have Fun is particularly disappointing because its best-selling title tune sets us up for a good time with Cindy Lauper song, a good time that we just don't have in this picture. You know, if I were looking at an ad in the paper or on television for a movie called Girls Just Want to Have Fun, I would think Cindy Lauper. I would say, is she yeah. in the movie? Right. Is it about girls like her? Right. Is it about kind of trashy punk sluts? Or isn't it, you know? And it turns out to be about kids from what is allegedly a suburb of Chicago, although the whole movie was shot in Los Angeles except for a couple of shots of the lakefront. I don't understand that either. But one of the things I don't understand is how do they come up with a leftover, recycled, 60s teenage story mm-hmm. with a title like Girls Just Want to Have Fun that sets up all kinds of expectations 
for totally different characters in a totally different story. So basically, we could just make our podcast about three minutes long and just play that clip. Exactly. Uh, the, the dancing is not good. The dancing is not good. She is a Mamby Pamby character. Like she, she has nothing flat. to do. Yeah. I like how they were talking about it in 1985 about having a strong woman in the movie, though. That's yeah. Because this is kind of like that. Yeah. But, you know, they have that scene where they they get those punkers. That's a pretty good scene. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is, your, are your, is your relationship with your uh, friend going to be over with now? Because you uh, played a clip where Siskel Lieber didn't like it. And no, you... because here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. I will watch this movie again. Will you? I would watch this movie again. On YouTube? Anytime. <laughs> if Lisa was like, hey, you want to watch that movie? I'd be like, yeah, let's watch it. Okay. And then I might have some follow-up questions. And they'll be like, see, this is why it sucks. <laughs> but it's a good movie. <laughs> is it, though? I don't know. I have a really hard time uh, landing on like my overall opinion of movies sometimes. I... The, while I appreciate some of the 80s uh, cheesiness of it, I I wanted more. I, I wanted more. I wanted more. More either the traditional good way or more like the campy way. I it, this kind of got stuck in the middle for me a little bit. I agree. Yeah. Okay, Tyler. Let's close it out with a little tea time with Tyler. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is my fourth run of this tea. The episode's almost over, so I'm not gonna actually fill it up that much. But are you ready? I guess. Okay. Tea time with Tyler's when I ask you a random fucking question that comes into my head. I just burn myself. This water is still fucking hot. <laughs> Holy shit. And you have until I'm done pouring water. And I like to make it loud so all the listeners at home can, can hear. hear there's actual hot water. Be careful. One of these that you said it's hot. Be careful. Okay. You're going to burn yourself. So tea time with Tyler. That's me. Tyler, name some movies featuring dancing. Flash dance. She's all that. Remember <laughs> that scene at the prom? Uh, uh, the Last Dragon has dancing in it. It's pretty great. Uh, so I'm trying to just name movies from our podcast that uh, I love it. That's have great. dancing in it. Um, uh, Save the Last Dance. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Um, lots of other... Uh, Singing in the Rain has dancing. <laughs> lots of old musicals. Lots of old musics. Um, old musics. Old musics. Uh, a lot of movies I talked about that I watched on Turner Classic Movies in previous episodes. Okay, okay. I'm done pouring my water. Oh, okay. That's all I have. All right, guys, thanks pretty, for listening. Pretty blank one. Pretty pretty straightforward. Pretty, pretty blank. <laughs> oh, I work out. I work oh, out. I go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to be a hard body. Oh, I like working out. I am a hard body. Oh, I like to get up at 5 a.m. because I'm so much better than you. Uh, oh, why don't get, you go to bed? Uh, uh, correction. I get up at 4.15. Oh, I have to get up at 4.15. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's so early. What am I going to do? Ah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you're such a dick sometimes. That was my, in case you wanted, I was, that was a recycle of my impression of that guy that climbed that mountain in that yes, movie. I oh, knew, yeah, I knew. I was pretty excited about that. It was a pretty good, pretty tall mountain, and I did it. <laughs> oh my god, my, if you look at me right now, I'm smiling from uh, ear to ear. Okay, uh, this is getting to be a long episode. Is it? Um, so, any final words? On what? Before I close it down. On any anything you'd like to finally say so I can shut it do down. Do you think you're better than me because you go to the gym at four thirty in the morning? I do not. Okay, good. I have I have crippling self esteem. Yeah, you do. I'll keep you not, I'll knock you down. You're gonna get me and get fed me and make fun of me. I watched a movie on 
Pluto TV. Oh, I'm going to look that up. We're, I'm going to follow up. There's going to be a part two to this episode. Part two of what? What are you talking, talking about? Talking about Pluto TV. We're going to find who the producer is. We're going to get them on you the think, show. What I think is funny is that you think that there's an overreaching producer at Pluto yeah, TV. it's one dude. <laughs> He's 48. There's a guy who's like, what channel should we make now? Mm. He's like, I'm going to call Nickelodeon and see if they want to air old Legends of the Hidden Temple. Fucking which that would be I, a good job for you. Yeah. They already did what I was like. I would be like, see how many game shows that we can get. See yeah. what kind of Nick programming from the yeah. 1990s we get. You got all the episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Great. Can you get Clarissa Explains It All? Great. Can you get Legend of the Hidden Temple? Great. Can you have a whole tur- episode, uh, whole channel just full of turtles? Great. Can you air all the Bond movies? Great. I- I've never questioned Mystery our... Science Theater Channel? Great. <laughs> God. Okay. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you made it all the way to the end, you are in need of some other form of entertainment. There are a lot of other better podcasts out there. Why would you say that? Why don't you say, like, you should watch and listen to all of our other ones? If you enjoyed this podcast Mm -hmm. and you're just uh, tuning in right now, go back and listen to the Last Dragon podcast or go watch the Last Dragon um, and enjoy that episode. And uh, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes. Yeah, I think we're probably we're probably moving out of the back to school theme and moving moving into I don't know. It's October, but I'm not saying we're doing October Halloween stuff you yet. I'm not saying that. I'm not committing I to think it. Most of our listeners just like hop around to movies they've seen. Yeah, but I like to be. I like because we'll do Christmas things. I like to do a seasonal. It's for me. I don't care what other people when they listen to stuff. Oh, yeah. I like oh, to yeah. do. I like to do things in a way that I like to do them. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk at you another movie. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna go to the gym.